Hey everyone, Keegan here, one of the curators of Aloud. This narration is of a blog post by the Ribbon Farm author, Venkatesh Rao, about the fuzzy process of coming up with concepts, both in mathematics and also in language more generally. Venkatesh has been featured before on Aloud, and he's a very interesting thinker and writer. Hope you enjoy. How to Define Concepts by Venkatesh Rao, published in June 2007. Let us say you are the sort of thoughtful or idle person who occasionally wanders about the meaning of everyday concepts. So there you are, at the fair, laughing at yourself in a concave mirror, when suddenly it hits you. You don't really know what concave means. You just recall vague ideas of concave and convex lenses and mirrors from high school and using the term in general conversation to describe certain shapes. So you decide to figure out a definition. What do you do? How do you make up a definition? Let's get you into some trouble. So the first thought you have is, concavity has something to do with indentations or inward curvature of shapes. You quickly abandon open-ended curves of the sort you see in graphs of population growth and the like. Being smart, you realize that the concavity there is not fundamental you could turn a concave graph upside down and make it convex with respect to your preferred visual orientation of up is against gravity. So you decide that the notion of concavity probably only makes sense for closed curves, things with an inside and an outside. Congrats, you just found a use for the Jordan curve theorem. You draw yourself a prototypical closed curve and stare at it. You think, hmm... Really what is going on with concavity is that I can sort of take a shortcut across some parts by going outside it. That leads to your first stab at a definition. A figure is concave if there exists a pair of points in it such that the straight line between them is not contained entirely within it. You draw a couple of lines and convince yourself. At this point, if you like to rush to math, you might even write down a complicated equation and go, aha, a closed curve is concave if and only if you can find a pair of points like so. And for some theta, the point on the line given by my clever equation isn't inside the figure. You've just found an attribute of convexity that you think is necessary and sufficient to define it. But then suddenly a thought occurs to you. You sketch two circles where one is tilted with a line touching them at the centers and go, uh-oh, what just happened here? Why does this bother you? You found a way to draw a line across two closed figures that don't look concave to you and satisfied a formal notion of concavity. You really want to say that concavity is a notion that only applies to single figures. So what do you mean by single? Is a figure eight single? Is it concave? You are in trouble. At this point, if you really cared enough, you'd go on to reinvent a good deal of topology, invent the notion of simply connected, figure out that you need the notion of closed and open sets and interiors and boundaries to handle the figure eight case, and so forth. But let's not go down that road. Let's ask the more interesting question. Why didn't you just define concavity to be anything that satisfies your original straight line test? For many purposes in math, that is, in fact, exactly what you do. Use the definition without worrying about connectedness. That's the impatient, technical, let's get on with it aspect of mathematics. 
but you and I like to fuss over what we mean instead of getting somewhere. The interesting thing about the way our minds work is that math and formalism is subservient to a fuzzier notion of what I want to get at. As we refine technical definitions or natural language definitions of entities like culture, we tend to move the definition to get at an understood but inexpressible concept. We practically never reduce the concept itself to the definition we are working with. This sort of thing is an example of the operation of what philosophers like to call intention with an S. Intention, roughly speaking, is the true meaning of a concept we are after. The difference between definition and meaning is what philosophers like to characterize as primary or a priori and secondary or a posteriori intention. The primary intention of water is watery stuff. That is why a sentence like, ammonia is the water of Titan, makes sense to us. We imagine ammonia oceans. By contrast, water is H2O, is a secondary intention. David Chalmers has a beautiful discussion of intention in The Conscious Mind in Search of a Fundamental Theory. Does this apply to this example? Concavity, unlike water, is an abstraction of real-world things like ink blots, bays, dents, holes, and so forth. It references too many things in the real world for us to useful say something like concavity is sort of like bays or dents. Despite this, however, our brains seem to work with a primary intention of concavity that draws efforts at definition spiraling towards itself. We grope towards what we mean through attribute-based tests expressed in terms of simpler concepts like straight line in our case. What makes math special is that starting with a few prototypes that suggest a useful notion, we can often converge in a finite number of steps to a watertight characterization of an abstract concept within a useful closed domain. Brouwer was perhaps the only major mathematician who tried to articulate this fundamental aspect of the structure of mathematical thought that technicalities follow from trying to capture intuition. Leaky abstractions like culture and war, though, are another matter. I don't yet have a good handle on how to think about the process of achieving clarity with such concepts. Until then, all I can offer is my own rule of thumb. Seek to capture the intention. Hope you enjoyed this narration. As always, if there's a genre of content or a specific piece of writing you'd like to receive in a future issue, just shoot us an email. Look forward to seeing you again soon.